Welcome to the Shepherd King Podcast. We exist to equip pastors and leaders in the local church to transcend beyond current culture, to see government through the lens of the gospel, and engage as modeled in the scriptures. I am Leo Lazzarini. And I'm Greg Baker. Welcome to the Shepherd King Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us for a new episode of our podcast. And if you have been with us since the beginning, you notice how we went through different series um, to explain what we do and also bring some biblical perspective on church and government. Our first series, we went over um, the institution of the church that God created and also the institution of government that God also created in the relationship between both. Our following series was on the shepherd of government, identifying how government has a shepherd as well and how Jesus is also the head of government as well as the church. And in our last series, you went through the modern kings with us. Who is our king today? How can we identify the king in our modern day? Thank you for joining us for all these episodes and going through the series with us. And today we are kicking off a new series called Engaging Government Biblically. And during this series, we will go through six values that we believe Christians should hold on to as they think about government and try to engage government. The six values are Christ-centered, grace-driven, relationally built, partnership-minded, nonpartisan, and prayer-focused. Our goal is to walk through these values together, and hopefully this will be a blessing to you as you think about government and how to engage government. Greg, for our episode today, we will start with Christ-centered. What does it mean to be Christ-centered as we seek to engage and think about government? When you think about values, values are the, the foundation a house is built on. It's going to impact the entire structure. It's going to overflow the entire structure. So you think about this from a biblical Christian perspective, you have to be Christ-centered. This mm-hmm. is the value that's not optional. Mm-hmm. This is the value that's going to impact all other values. And Jesus called himself the cornerstone. So we're thinking about the foundation. That's the very first stone that you lay. Mm-hmm. So as we're looking at church engagement with government, well, Christ has to be at the center of that. Mm-hmm. But you should, no matter what you're doing, no matter whom you're engaging with, you need to be asking yourself, if Christ isn't at the center of it, what impact are you going to have? Mm. So what we wrote for Christ-centered, we said Jesus is the sole means of redemption, reconciliation, and restoration through his work on the cross and resurrection. Mm. And here's what's key. We believe transformation happens as people see Christ accurately and rightly value him. I'll say it again. We believe transformation happens as people see Christ accurately and rightly value him. Mm -hmm. That is why Christ must be at the center of everything that we do, including engagement with government. It is God's word that gives us the most clear and concrete picture of Jesus. Because of that, we aim to lift up God's word in everything that we do. When you remove Christ from our legislative, government, any sort of strategies, you are left behind with behavior modification. Mm. And what the scriptures tell us 
over and over again, our best behavior modifications are filthy rags. Mm -hmm. That's the best that we can produce. And those of us have tried self-help classes that have made New Year's resolutions just to fall to them again and again and again. And even when we have time periods of success and behavior modification, it is exhausting and it is not joy-filled. Mm. Christ did not come to renovate and update us. Mm -hmm. He came to transform us. Mm. And if we want to see kingdom impact in our governments of the world, mm -hmm. we must bring the one who has the power to transform. That's what Christ-centeredness does. It makes you a transformational ministry. It transforms people's lives, which transforms institutions, which can transform culture. Hmm. That's great, Greg. I think when we think about our families, when we think about our neighbors, and we desire for them to be transformed, to understand life, to understand life in Christ, the best thing we can do is help them see Christ because he is a transformational power that we have. Uh, anything else just falls short of that. And that's the same we should do with government. Greg, would you mind expanding more on how do you accomplish being Christ-centered as you think about engaging government? Well, I think about this practically. The, the ramifications of not being Christ-centered practically would be I solely want to focus on how somebody votes. Hmm. So... The abortion issue has been a large issue in the United States of America for quite some time, even prior to 1973, Rouleau versus Wade. This is an ongoing cultural discussion. And Christians, rightfully so, this has been one of the main things they have championed to want to change in the American culture, very similar to the slavery issue of saints that have gone before us. But merely making somebody pro-life does not equal spiritual transformation. Mm. And if you removed Christ-centeredness, we will confuse voting records with transformation. Mm. And you think about the Pharisees, if the Pharisees voted, they would have 100% scorecards mm. with so many Christian organizations. Mm. But Jesus would have gave them the biggest F. Mm -hmm. A good voting record's not sufficient. I think that's the biggest trap we can fall in today. It's not that it doesn't matter. Just don't let it dupe you into transformation. And I think about what's the best way to bring transformational ministry that's going to have a ripple effect. You think about when someone's born again. They literally become a new creation. And out of that, you expect someone that's a new creation to act differently. Mm -hmm. So what is a transformational change for our government leaders? Well, it goes back to what we talked about earlier in our podcast. It's helping them see they're a shepherd. Mm -hmm. They are called by the king of kings, the Lord of hosts, to be a shepherd. If they're going to see Christ accurately, which Christ-centeredness calls us to do, we must point them to who Jesus is. He's the chief shepherd of government. He's the heir to the throne of David. Mm -hmm. And he is the perfect example of what it means to reign justly and righteously and mercifully. Mm -hmm. So... A Christ-centered ministry points people to Christ. A Christ-centered ministry in government points people to Christ as the chief shepherd 
a government. Mm -hmm. And a government leader that embraces Christ as a chief shepherd, embraces themselves as a shepherd, and bows at his feet Mm -hmm. will change far more than just public policy. It'll change the way they engage their constituents. It'll change the way they interact with their peers, even those who disagree with them. Mm-hmm. It's going to change the way they treat their staff. Mm-hmm. So you think about the legislative branch, our legislators across America overseeing tens of thousands, in some states, hundreds of thousands of public employees. Are they a good employer? Mm-hmm. Christ-centeredness is significantly larger than a couple votes. Mm-hmm. It truly is transformational. The kingdom of God is like a yeast, mm-hmm. and yeast permeates the whole dough. Mm -hmm. That's what we should expect, a yeast that permeates the whole dough. And one of the greatest ways we accomplish this in states across the country, every meeting we have with government leaders begins on the Word of God, Mm -hmm. because the Word of God gives us the most accurate picture of Christ. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we take passages that explain more who Jesus is and help connect it to their government role. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we don't want to connect it to their role as a parent or any others, but what's our unique niche? Mm -hmm. We want to help them see the shepherd king in the Bible Mm -hmm. and help apply it to what does God have them as a governor, a legislator, an attorney general, a judge, even someone serving in our bureaucracy, the scriptures have significant ramifications of how you serve. That's amazing, Greg. And since you mentioned the meetings that we have throughout the states, uh, bringing the word to every meeting, would you mind sharing what is the reception of those meetings on the word of God uh, as we think about engaging government and even engaging with people on those cultural issues? When you bring the word Jesus, is almost a turn off for the conversation. People stop right there. Um, but how how do you do you see bringing Christ-centeredness in your conversations, you know, with a governing authority should look like? What, what are some ways that you have seen being helpful in helping them to see who Christ is? A commitment I made over eight years ago when we started this is that every government meeting would include the Word and Scripture. And I firmly believe that is why God's given us so many meetings, not only at home here in Iowa, Mm -hmm. but now in so many other states in the Union, Mm -hmm. and Lord willing, other capitals of the world someday. So in that commitment, that requires me to bring Scripture from the ultra-conservative to the ultra-progressive and everyone in between. Mm -hmm. People would be amazed at how receptive our government leaders are to scriptures. Hmm. So we've um, connected just in our state of Iowa 8,000 times almost, pastors to government leaders. And I can count on one hand the number of times that we've been completely rejected to not burn the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Now, people respond differently to those scriptures. Some are hungry and want to have a conversation. Some are polite. Some are, you're not really sure where they're at. Mm-hmm. But what I will tell you It is also surprising who responds well and who doesn't respond well. Some people that would have a 0% voting record from a lot of Christian organizations and government Mm -hmm. so respond surprisingly well Mm -hmm. to the scriptures. You really see the Holy Spirit doing a work on their lives. And we have people that a 100% scorecard would do really well on a lot of issues. They're as hard as a rock. They're they're not open to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And the word of God is the word of God. Mm-hmm. So you want to see people's openness. It's how do we respond to the word? 
the word of God, if the spirit's in us, should stir us. And that's really what we're looking for. That's great, Greg. Something else that I see distinguishing from uh, perhaps other ways of engaging government in this ministry is how we bring the word not in a setting of a Bible study only, but also in conversations um, over specific policies sometimes or over a personal issue or, or um, leadership. Just we bring the word to the meetings as we meet with them and make the word relevant to the work that they are doing. Um, it's, it's a different context than a Bible study, which is also very helpful, but it's a different way to bring the word into the middle of what they're working on. How do you accomplish that? Well, we're doing this during working hours. Mm -hmm. It needs to be relevant to working hours. We're not trying to replicate a church service on Sunday. We're not trying to replicate a Bible study that you go maybe on a Tuesday night. We are trying to help government leaders see, as you are discerning what to do in your role, mm -hmm. the Scripture is a resource that you should seek. In fact, it's the first resource that you should seek. It's the foundation that you should build as your filter mm. when you're looking at all other resources. Right. And what we're able to do is connect them with scriptures, whether they're weighing on criminal justice, whether they're weighing on immigration, whether they're weighing in on education, health and human services, you name the issue, the scriptures speak to it. And we're helping bring relevant scripture to the very issue of the day that they're wrestling with. So some practical examples I can give is uh, mm -hmm. restoration of felon voter rights. Mm -hmm. What does the word of God have to say about restoration of felon voter rights? Well, we pointed the scriptures and I went to 2 Corinthians 6. And there's a verse in there that's been very helpful in my own walk. Um, after Paul lists a long list of sins, he says, so were mm -hmm. some of you, were. So these list of sins had an identity context to them, right? Mm -hmm. Like one of them adulterers, homosexuals, right? There's an identity to it. But then he says were. Mm -hmm. You mean, and it no longer identifies you. Mm -hmm. I thought about that. What, what changed? Mm -hmm. What made it past tense? Well, you know what made it past tense? The penalty was paid. When the penalty was paid, justice was satisfied. And when justice was satisfied, the identifier no longer applied because it never was an identifier to begin with. And then I thought about a criminal justice system. In most states, a person's a felon to the day they die. Even for those who've long lived up to attaining paying back what they owed, whether it be jail time, restitution, um, fines, mm -hmm. court fees. They've long paid them back, sometimes decades later, and they still hold that title. Mm -hmm. So here we are pulling out the Word of God with gospel components to it, right? Mm -hmm. There's gospel components in that passage. But we just made it relevant to the hottest topic at the state capitol building. Mm -hmm. So all 150 legislators, both parties, are now willing to listen. And they now see the word of God speaks hmm. into the very thing that these halls are wrestling with in the modern day. Mm -hmm. That's great, Greg. Greg, thank you so much for walking us through the first value that holds this ministry together. And uh, it is a good example also for how we should 
consider that personally as well as a value as we think about government, as we think about engaging with our neighbors in cultural issues, as we think about engaging our own legislators, our own governing authorities, and also for pastors as they seek to engage their uh, leaders and shepherds uh, you know, in their district. So thank you for sharing that with us today, Greg. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, we look forward to continue to walk through our six values of how to engage government biblically. The Shepherd King podcast is brought to you by the Church Ambassador Network, a ministry of the Family Leader Foundation that inspires the church to engage government for the advance of God's kingdom. For more information about the Church Ambassador Network, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, thefamilyleader.com backslash church.